everyone, it's Naomi Sneekus, and welcome to the Firecracker Department. I am an actor, improviser, creator, director, writer, and then one of the things I do is produce and host this podcast, and it's one of my favorite things I do. The Firecracker Department is developing into such a cool community, and it just got one better because you're listening to it. You know that? It really did. Uh, if you're new to the Firecracker Department, come on in. Take your shoes off. Stay a while. Why don't you get comfortable, but not too comfortable if you're driving. Stay alert, but get comfortable. Have a glass of wine, maybe. Maybe uh, have a cup of coffee, maybe a, a tea, maybe some water. Maybe some water. Let's all have some more water because we could all be more hydrated. I know I can. Listen to this. Such cotton mouth. Oh, Naomi, always drink more water. This is one of my favorite things, as I said, this uh, podcast where I get to interview dynamic, interesting, inspiring women in the entertainment industry. And then we talk about, you know, their highs, their lows, their challenges, their the bumps along the way and all the things that led them to where they are today. And it's always inspiring. Always. I always leave these discussions. Just my heart's full. My head is full of ideas. And, uh, I, you know, they, they make me go, oh, I never thought about things like that. Or I never, I never saw life like that. Or that inspires me to do this. So I just love them. They're like little mini masterclasses that I adore. Uh, what about you? What are you doing right now? What are you working on? What are you creating? What are you seeing? What are you listening to? Tell me everything. I love all the things that people are sharing with me. Thank you so much to the folks like uh, Boston Alec and Chelsea who are just churning out such great art for the Firecracker Art Department. Go have a look at that on Instagram. But also the people that are sharing their web series clips with us on our Facebook group. I just... I love it. I love all the things that people are sharing. So thank you so much. Thank you also to the folks that join us for our uh, Spark Chat. The last Sunday of every month, myself and Deanna Moffat, we open up the discussion and we pose a question to the Firecracker Department community and we just have a discussion. And it's so great. We talked about community last uh, month with Astrid Van Weeren from Come From Away because I happened to be in New York and it was amazing. It was so engaging. We had so much great input from all of you folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have another one coming up on the 31st. So please join in that world as well in our Instagram account. I'd love you guys to be part of the discussion and it's always wonderful to feel our community as it grows internationally. Hello to the United Kingdom people and hello to the Malaysia firecrackers. They're firecrackers in New York and some in Berlin. So hello to all of you. Thank you so much for making our community even better. You know, that's what I was thinking about today when I stepped into this gorgeous sound studio. It's my closet. And, you know, nibbled on the, um, well, just the beautiful catering spread that this studio offers. It's my fridge. I cater myself. Uh, and I just thought, what, what do I want to talk about? The thing that struck me is this. Never underestimate the power of you're doing great. You're doing great. It feels like the smallest thing and it means so much. Recently, uh, I had a couple of people reach out to me and say, you know, good for you on the firecracker department, like my friend Mari and uh, also Beth reached out. Thank you so much. Chelsea's been super helpful and, and supportive. Thank you. All these people. And I just want to let you know that it matters. Like it makes a difference. We're all working on projects and I don't think anybody couldn't use uh, you're doing great. 
Seriously, what does it cost us just to reach out? Like if you have the instinct, the little impetus that somebody could use one of those, send a text. Send a little text. You're doing great because it might just shift their day because this isn't easy. You know, there's a lot of roadblocks ahead of us, whether they're internal roadblocks of of self-doubt and sabotage or they're external roadblocks of financial um, challenges or people just saying no. There's a lot of no's in the world. So why don't we be a couple of the folks that say yes and keep going, keep going. I tell you, it makes a huge difference to me as we're pursuing firecracker department dreams. It's a lot of work and I'm having a great time building this community with you all. And then every once in a while, it's really hard and I'll get a little note from a friend saying, I see what you are doing. I see what you're building and it's fantastic and it really makes a difference to me. So thank you. So folks that are listening right now, you're doing great. You really are. Keep going. Share what you're working on, but really just keep going. You're doing fantastic. I had such a great talk with uh, my guest today. It's Tamara Pedemski. And now you'll know Tamara from shows like uh, The Coroner on CBC in Canada and also Never Saw It Coming, which is this amazing new film uh, directed by Gail Harvey. Uh, she's been in the business for a long time and she's done so much good work. Uh, she started with her sisters, the Podemski sisters. And uh, here's the thing. I don't, I don't really know Tamara all that well, but after this talk, I really felt I did because she was just so, you know, just so truthful with me. It's such an honor to have these kind of talks with people and they just sort of trust the conversation. Uh, and it's not an easy conversation we have. We talked about some real highs that she's had and some really dark, dark lows that she's had as well. And I felt really honored that she, um, she would share her stories with me. And I also feel like it's gonna reverberate. I feel like the stories that Tamara told in this podcast, people will just gain so much insight and so much strength from, and so much inspiration. So I'm full of gratitude for that. Here's her interview. I know you're going to love it. Tamara Podemski. Where are you living? I'm in Toronto right now. Okay. Yeah. Because you have three different homes. I have one now. Okay. Yes. You're here. I'm here now. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? Feels very good. I bet. To be back home. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you living in England? Um, Well, I was there for about three years, and then I was in L.A. for about four years. Mm -hmm. So it feels like that time together and then coming home. Yeah coming home with a husband and a son and right. so just like it's a new it's it's finding whatever that new way is yeah um, has he lived here before no it's all oh. brand new it's all brand since new since when like Toronto when? like yeah. eight months ago no way you know. how's he adapting <laughs> oh <laughs> It's well, very difficult. Did he go through a winter? Is that eight he months? did? Oh. He did, and we did our first winter. Actually, we did a year in Barrie. He did his first winter in Barrie, and like blamed me. Like yeah. I knew yeah. that Barrie was so much worse than Toronto, right? And why would I? Why? Right. Like, why would I? I'm really gonna get him. I'm gonna move up to Barrie. I know. <laughs> and so at least Toronto was like the easiest thing in the world. Like when he had to shovel once, right. Last winter. But it was terrible. It was like, and you can't prepare somebody for that. He's no. an Englishman, um, and the only other place he's lived was Los Angeles. Right. And so, um, yeah, it was just, it was a real shock to the system. Yeah. And then you realize all these little things that you've developed as a Canadian. Like what? Like there's actually shoveling techniques. 
And you don't realize Please. this until you're watching a poor Englishman with a shovel for his first time trying to do a driveway that is up to your hip in snow. And you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you. You go you go line, 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 line. Then you go across like, and you don't realize. Right. There's a There's technique. A technique. <laughs> and what's he doing? Like gathering it in his pockets? I think he was side? just trying to like, you just... It's in front of you. Shovel that. What's in front of you? Like, but then, not like, straight over one. Then you'd yeah. have to shovel that yeah. as well. Yeah, it's adorable. And you shovel the car off first, so that you know, because when you just clear and then you do the car, then it all goes on. I didn't even think oh, about no. this technique. Neither did I until I was standing at the window Canadian watching British him. British. <laughs> First <in> British <laughs> uh, shoveling technique. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my um, my family is British too. My brother lives in uh, near Bath on Bath in, in Avon. That's where my son. That's what I thought. Yeah, I read that. So he lives in... Do you know where Bradford on Avon is? Of course I do. That's right. My osteopath is in Bradford. No kidding. It's a beautiful beautiful. little town. Yeah. Yeah, I think basically uh, Jamie, my husband, he he said it the best when when... after three years of being there and it was very challenging for both of us to work and I kept on coming back to Canada to work he said I think we just retired like 50 years too early yeah because we ended up in this medieval village cobblestone village called Froome which was just it's it's like 20 minutes from Bradford but it was like out of a fairy tale and and that's where we, we, I mean, you couldn't, to, to go into town for an audition to London, we were three hours away. Yeah. And if you did it on the bus or on the train, that was your entire day. Yeah. So both of our careers suffered terribly. Yeah. And but what, like, did you find yourself, um, like, those kind of places, did you love it or did you find it suffocating? Uh, it wasn't suffocating. It was the opposite. It was yeah. the isolating. Isolating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, but I guess because the other chapter in my life was motherhood and marriage, yeah. and so I just thought, well, you could just wipe the whole slate clean and imagine a new world. So I, not, I knew that I wasn't going to be working the same way that I was working before. Right. I knew that we're balancing two careers. So there's just things. There's, you know, so I didn't have any. I, I was, I, I wasn't attached to anything because I knew all of it would be brand new. Right. And I guess, yeah, it's very healthy of you. <laughs> Well, I, I, you I think know, I would find myself there going, what have I done? No, I had those do. moments, but yeah. I knew that I, i I fell madly in love with this man in the worst kind of like the day we met, we were both leaving Los Angeles. We both lived there for, you know, I was there four years. He was there six years. We met the day before he flew back to England and it's I was going back to Toronto and we were like, we couldn't have met before, okay. before we packed up our lives. And I love so, a good love story, but how, lo- how long have you known each other? Like, when was that day? Uh, that was, I guess, seven seven years ago. And was there a project that brought you together? Or what was the no, reason you met? No, we just, it was like a girl, uh, a, a girlfriend of mine. It was her daughter's birthday. And he, he is the brother of, of the girlfriend's boyfriend. Okay. So we were both just at the same birthday oh, party. And you're like, oh, but um, but I yeah, have to meet you. And and I think <laughs> that he probably would have written it off sooner, like or he like his original thing was like, oh, that sucks, like yeah. too bad, wrong, you know, just too bad. And I was like, right. um, not too bad. Are you free before you fly? Yeah. Can we see at least what this is? Yeah, um, because that's how I work. <laughs> um, that. Yeah, I'd had. I, I, I'm divorced. I was divorced, and you and me both. And I, 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 mean, I it's not, it's it not was, out of the yeah. World. And I had just come out of another long-term relationship, and 
I don't know, no matter how, and I love fiercely and deeply and yeah. all, and, and uh, dangerously sometimes, but um, I just... It, I, I felt like if I didn't, there was something here, yeah. and if and it just um, it opened up a part of me, and I yeah. thought if I don't see what this is right now, and so we had about twenty four hours together. No, and I drove him to the airport, and I just said I'm going to write to you every single day. That makes me weird. That's so sweet. It was, yeah, it was probably the bravest I've ever been in in love. But then, did you? I think, think because it was I had brave, so much. Um, like, did you think this is crazy or were you like, this is exactly what needs to be done? Oh, uh, I felt like it was crazy and I certainly didn't have like a lot of people rooting for me because I'm known amongst my oh. friends and family as that like, you know, hardcore romantic, right. I would do anything for love and, um, here she goes again. Oh yeah. my gosh, she found and what they're going to be pen pals right. across the ocean. But we were, and for two years we did long distance. Wow! Until I was like, uh, I'm 37. Yeah. Uh, and let's move this uh, along. Yeah, I just need to know because it's a yeah. lot of money to st- <laughs> to keep on flying yeah. across. It's a lot of commitment. And it's a like lot of two love years, it's a yeah, and so <laughs> um, no pressure, but I do need to know in the next week or so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is no this, pressure. You've got seven yeah, days. Yeah, and um, because it just it is it was so much of an investment, and we yes. just got deeper and deeper. And, and everybody who knows what long distance, especially in our in this industry, we don't get the luxury of like your boyfriend lives on the other side of the city or. Um, you get to hang out during the week. You yeah. have to sort out some crazy... You're right. Am I allowed to say shit? Yeah. You have to sort out crazy shit. Like, right off the bat, yeah. where you're still kind of strangers. Especially and, after 30. Yeah. When you're like, there's no time yeah. for the... I wonder if he's going to call me. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't get... And I always thought of that as a luxury. And yeah. yet, I also realized later that because we had to sort out so much stuff in the beginning... Yeah. I feel like our relationship benefited from those like real, you know, car crashes that happen later on where you're like, what do you mean? You don't want, like, you need to be here for work. You don't want, oh wait, you didn't think the family was going to work? Like, like we had, we had to sort all that stuff out before, before, because it just, it was, it it was such a major investment. And so when you ask, what did it feel like in Froome? I'd already he was living in Froome at the time. He was living in London. Okay. So, um, so when I went, yeah, but it was like a one bedroom flat in London. And so when we got pregnant and we were like, we could put the babies used to be in drawers. They used to, that used to be a crib. And you hang a stroller from the wall and you can like, and then it was just, or we move out of the city a little bit. And then his father um, and his his family lived in this um, lived three hours out of London in this little in this in Somerset in this right, really beautiful right. um, area. And, and it was knew, also picturesque too. You can't yeah. help but fall in love. And we knew that we'd need the support and that um, yeah that reinforcement. And so it's not like it was an easy decision. It was the obvious decision. Right. Um, but yeah, I I guess even in those moments and he's going through similar things here now of like where is his community his friends his existing career he had to start from scratch here and um and I remember I remember like I was cut off from everything but I I always in getting through those horrible (laughs) moments of 
have I just completely lost everything that I had and who am I without those other identifiers? Yeah. Um, I just remember, but this is, this is one of the greatest human beings that I've ever met. And this is what you had to do to be with this energy, to be with this, like to get the family that you wanted to do all that. And so, uh, yeah, that always grounded me again in those moments of like, what am I? Well, as actors, too, where we don't... That's an uncertainty consistently anyway. And then have, like, you guys all over the place must have been really tricky. And are you going back and forth to L.A. now still? He is. He is, yeah. yeah. But you're happy to be home. I'm very happy to be home. I... I... My... You know, I think because we... He he needs the freedom to be able to, like, plug into whatever act... Like a... Um, industry like if it's LA if it's England yeah. he he has started a career here so that's also it's it's just starting yeah. um but I said oh, well I'll be, be at home and well, then they'll be like gobbling him up I, yeah that's what I thought but it's it's uh it just takes time but it's eight months I know <laughs> I'm just telling you I know it's not I like eight to, years yeah. I just want to point yeah. out but I yeah. think what makes it even more challenging is that um I'm really thriving here. Like yeah. I haven't, like, and like he's never seen me thrive. And that happens when I come home. I get it. And to, you know, deal with the rejection, the unfamiliarity, um, and just, and fatherhood. He didn't also expect to be the father that he is, which is like deeply committed, active, engaged, right. um, I don't think he realized he, leaving would be as difficult. I think he, I think he probably like when he got, has to go to LA. Yeah, and exactly. Your kid, yeah, yeah. So he has a three week max that he can't be away. He's like, you know, I can be like, I can, I can handle that. Yeah, <laughs> but him, um, yeah, What's your Oliver, Oliver, yeah. I love that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I married an actor as well, so we have that same sort of dynamics of like one's working, the yeah. other one's not, yeah. and like how we both deal with yeah. not working and. So it must be interesting for him to see you in your natural habitat. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that's the nice. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Nice. I think it's. I think it's particularly a really hard uh, month. Yeah. Because um, I. I well, the film's coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm. I got uh, a TV show that I write yeah. um, with my sister. Uh, just got renewed for a second season, Amazing. so I started writing that. I just booked some other jobs, which I'm still not allowed to talk about. Okay. Um, but uh, but things are kicking. It's it not. Yeah. It's like on a level that honestly I haven't had. I know that the the, the benefit of being a Podemsky sister is that even when one of us isn't working, there's always one of the sisters who is working, and people bump into one of them. Yeah. And then there's this illusion that we're always like. Well, yeah. around or There's like a yes, about exactly. The Podemsky sisters. So, so if Jennifer's working. They're like, I guess Tamara's working too. <laughs> yes. I guess that's what I And so I, I've I've been able to benefit from that presence of the of the the, the name, or yeah. even like when people confuse us, and people confuse us a lot, but. Um, Good thing you're all great. Like, and there's not the one, like, yeah, the, the fourth sister yeah, I know. we don't speak about. Right? <laughs> yes. At this point, we've still been pretty much interchangeable when one has to back out of a job or something. Like, that has happened. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. 
yeah, that would be really awkward. If so do you couldn't. guys deal with it differently? I don't know what this is to not speak of. She's not doing very well. Uh, is uh, When one of you books a lot of work, do you deal with that differently? Like when he's really kicking it up? Are you? How do you deal with that? Well, see, this is what I'm trying to compare now, and I don't know if it's a woman-man thing. I think it's a male-female thing. Um, but I, I feel like I, I kept it to myself. Right. I feel like I was able to celebrate his work, and I feel like I, I mean, and I might be totally wrong, but this is what I feel right. when I'm thinking of what's going on right yeah. now, and I feel like I. There's a resourcefulness that a woman has. Yes. That when you're not working, you make shit up. Absolutely. And because I've we've always, always had to do yes. That. <laughs> and yeah. so, I have been like the busiest unemployed person, and that's just the reality of being an artist. But I think yeah. that is um, that that that's my nature too. But I, I do think that that was a little bit of a or that is a a gender distinction yeah. or maybe a personality thing. yeah if, it, if we were in a same-sex marriage i'm sure one person would do the opposite i wonder i don't know i wonder i don't <laughs> know do i mean research. i know because i'm i am curious to know um if there is but then there's also all these other things at play like um just who you are like are you some are you and how you handle those those really challenging times yes I feel like I, and we both have our own very different, um, you know, uh, childhood and, and upbringings, but I do feel like there, we, I came from a family that really, no matter how, and there were some dark, traumatic times, but you, you made the best of it. Yeah. Like there was no room. You could still be in the, like the, the crud of it yeah. all, but you, you just made something out of it. Yeah. And it's not even like, pick yourself up, brush yourself off. It's just, you worked with it. Right. And do you remember um, that, that a specific moment that you went, Oh, this is how it's going to be. Um, I, I guess I remember that. Uh, and I think it's why all three of us are performers. I remember that it was the salvation from the, the really bad times. Yeah. And so there was never really a, a, a wallowing or a, um, a falling into yeah. the the um, the darkness. I was really lucky to have my sisters. So when the the real and we grew up in an alcoholic home, and, and my mother left, and my dad was left to raise all three daughters like pre puberty. Oh and so there, and she would come in and out. I mean, and anyone who has an alcoholic parent partner they know that you're at the whim of whatever is going on that day yeah. for them and so there was just this unsafety this um this yeah this this threat to any kind of um uh i don't know happiness yeah. or like consistency i was gonna say consistency yeah. right because yeah like and as children it's kind of like the one thing they need so badly yeah um and so but what we ended up doing was we we bonded together and we we played and yeah. we did the shows and we put on our dances and our plays and our um, our music concerts and there is a direct correlation to how we use art now yeah. as the the like not just for you know the, the the paycheck and the gig part but for the healing properties of it it's 
deep it's it's rooted in our community work yeah that there is a a healing power to the performing arts we i can only speak to the performing arts um that that it was the way that we expressed and moved that energy yeah and and i know that very at very young age we figured that out right that um isolation was the worst thing so just don't let yourself be alone and and this is just this isn't like our childhood wisdom <laughs> this was just what we had at our available to us some people don't have those yeah. siblings who want want to engage with you right. in that way we were very um yeah that's just how that's how the picture looked for us and i'm forever grateful for that because we have maintained that connection as adult women and that um yeah i isolation would have probably done all of us in like isolation from each other you mean from or? each other yeah because it and feels like you guys created your own little fame school <laughs> yeah I, I mean um it, it, I, I'm, I'm right I got a, a, a grant from the Canada Council to to write this other screenplay that uh that is it's not our story but it's a a, a similar story and um there's this huge fame sequence be, well just the, the song from fame yeah. uh, the body electric yeah. and and the three of them is like adult women listening to listening to this and remembering what like what it did when we put on Annie when we put on Fiddler on the Roof so wait a second what? sorry the three of you put on Annie and oh the- yeah oh uh, it was all musical oh, we, we lost ourselves in that world and I and so it was it was just um like a three woman fiddler on the roof oh yeah we would do fiddler we would do Annie oh my god um, fantastic well chorus line is more mine but uh, but yeah Um, Wizard of Oz like and it was always the musicals it was the one where it was like it just was the highest level of theatricality of escapism of like these are not normal situations so it wasn't losing ourselves in a book or things that were it was like the most over dramatized one like far from our world right and now, what was your community's reaction to these? Like, did you perform them for people, or was it just no, for just yourself? for ourselves? Oh, yeah. no friends, family, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Kind of like oh, this- they all knew that we were performers, right. and they and um, yeah. I mean, it, I guess we you know made little tickets when we were younger for the for for them to yeah, watch. Perforate but- them with a little needle. I did <laughs> that. Okay, just me. That's high, that's on. that's much more. <laughs> I was producing at a very early right. Age. See, we just wanted to get to just open the curtains. Forget the tick. Fine, they don't have tickets. Just put like, let's go. Right. Press play. Yeah, I love that. So yeah. now, like, because you guys went on, were you all at Earl Hag? Uh, yes, we were all at Earl Hag. Yeah, like, I was at Mini Claude, and the youngest one was at Mini Claude. Jen started it at at, at Earl Hag. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 yeah, it was just like, what was your father's like as a, basically a single dad yeah. bringing you up? Like, what was his perspective on it? on you becoming performers? Um, well, he comes from immigrant parents. So my mother's Anishinaabe and, and then my father's Israeli. And so he's... Which is the best duo I've ever... Yeah, you can't make, yeah. can make it up. It's, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, but he was, he, you know, his immig- uh, immigrant parents, they weren't, like, he didn't do social, uh, like social, uh, what do you call it? Like rec- recreational things. Right. Like that wasn't part like of his... Or yes. No. Um, and so I guess he went over the top with us. He also was very concerned about our well-being. So sure. it happened very young. Like I was, like my, my sister was 
four, I was nine, and Jen was 12. And so he just knew that he had this critical moment, but like critical phase that if, if he didn't get us into programming as soon as possible. And this was like a very creative, because we did not have the money to do this. So he did a lot of bartering. Right. He did a lot of, um, a lot of them were free, just free programs. What would he barter for? He, he... Uh, he was a copywriter and an advertising guy. And wow. so um, oftentimes he would, uh, people who were advertised, he had the, he was the one who created the Alternative Health Services Directory, yeah. which was a book like 30 years ago that it was the only place that you could find. If you wanted any kind of alternative service, you would look in this directory. And so sometimes the people who would pay for the ads he would barter services of like we did every kind of therapy that was available right um what an interesting instinct he had though you know not every father would have that instinct i think he was i think he was their part of him was just scared yeah like i think surviving right with these three kids yeah and he was a, a man was too. I don't mean to make this all like <laughs> to make these very cardboard cutouts of no, gender but roles, like, but I think, I think, I don't, I, I don't know if there was any other man that. I mean, as an as an adult or like later in life, I found other other now. people who were raised by their fathers, yeah. and there was always some crazy circumstance that led to that. Yeah. But it was not the norm. Right. And he certainly didn't have a community of people who were supporting him, and like he didn't ha- he didn't hang out with like the single moms. No. He just did his own thing, but he did have the um, and he was a hippie. He was like so he was into all the alternative things. But yeah. I think he understood that if we didn't talk about what was going yeah. on um if we didn't uh process it mm-hmm. like in whatever way and he knew that our we were just inclined to the performing arts um yeah things were going to get really yeah i don't i don't even know if he could have imagined what the other story is i know that we've all imagined what the other i know we've all imagined what happened what would have happened if we went with my mom right there's a lot of other ways that this could have played out but um, was this in Winnipeg? This is in Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Yeah. Were you, why was Born Winnipeg? Here. Why no. is Winnipeg? Is your mom from Winnipeg? She's from Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. one of those. Yeah. Um, but this girl. is all in Toronto. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What's your dad's first name? Saul. Saul. Yeah. Oh my God. Shaul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband's uh, Jewish and his brother lives in Gadara in Israel. Oh, wow. And they're coming in next month. So, um, But I feel like there's something about the, uh, I know that's a sidebar that has no reference at all, but I'm excited. No, um, but totally. It's also, I, I feel like the um, there's something about the Jewish community too that brings a community. Do you know, like their, their community is always reachable. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, and whereas I don't think that exists for everybody. No, I think it's, it's typical immigrant culture yeah. that when you arrive in a massive city like Toronto, you stay together. Yeah. And we did get the benefit of that. There's a yeah. massive Jewish community here. Um, we were part of a, 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 a very socialist um, movement called Hach- Hashomer Hatzair, okay. which started in Lodz, Poland, where my grandfather's from. Right. And then, so he was there, my father was there, my aunt was there, and then all of the children were part of this movement. So that was like every Shabbat, every Friday, we would be Amazing. at this, at like Finchin, Finchin, Finchin Kiel, I think it was. Um, and that was just a yeah, huge part. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Area, yeah. And it was like, um, and I guess that's part of the isolation too, because, uh, or, or the danger of isolation is that, you know, you have to stick together, like mm-hmm. through the, 
through these massive transitions in life and whether it's you know finding your career starting your families um you know you you need the support you cannot do any of this alone and um and i know that uh the community that we grew up with and the, the Jewish community that we grew up with in Toronto was, um, was a huge part of, of that, uh, yeah, like being held mm-hmm. in that way. And I like having the, the diversity in your backgrounds too. Was that, how is that within that community? Uh, we kind of go hopscotch between the two because yeah. they don't really, um, you know, there was always an issue that because our mother wasn't uh, Jewish, right. we weren't really Jewish. Right. Um, you know, half of our family is still in Israel. We were always every few years in Israel with our family and back, like we were very connected to that, to that world and that, um, that experience. Yeah. Um, but we did convert officially oh, when we did. were younger just to shut everybody up right. because it was just, it's just noise that mm-hmm. makes us feel like we're not, we're not welcome. Yeah. That's um, the tricky part of that yeah. community too. Yeah. Yeah. But we experienced that also within the native community in the early years, in the, in the early years, and, and still to this day, because we are, you know, as we were uh, referred to way back then, we're half breeds. We are, um, we are, uh, and that mixed identity um, is, you know, makes up about fifty percent of what the kind of indigenous population is in yeah. Canada, and so it's a valid other experience. Yeah. Um, but it took many years for us to feel um, okay in that. We, yeah. I guess, it was only, it was more professional. You know, there's a, a big tr- uh, native community in Toronto too, sure. so we were part of that. But they never collided. You kind of you you tag team between the two. Yeah. And as we felt, and as we were growing up, and we saw how people looked at us more. People weren't looking at us as Jews. People would look at us and they would see the native sisters. They would, and right. so professionally, that became our identity. And so that's the community that we ended up finding our our place in. We're still active in the Jewish community, yeah. but um, so much of how you walk in the world, no matter what you feel inside, is about how you pro- you know protect yourself from how others see you and and at least or prepare yourself mm-hmm. to defend yourself when those other uh, assumptions or judgments come come in about you and and um i feel like i i walk more in the world as uh an anishinaabe woman because that's how i'm looked at perceived professionally right. and the majority of my work um you know I, we were i was with the sisters last night and we were talking about why can't we get called in for a Jewish woman? You need a Jewish woman from Toronto, born and bred in Toronto, Jewish. That's me. Yeah. But well, we never. That. No. Yeah. No. And so... Um, I mean, that's going to be some creative casting yeah, when that happens. exactly. I don't say it's not impossible, no. but... But it's like we that the stories we have of from... Like, Jen started performing in the synagogue. Like, right. that's... Any Jewish performer in the city... If they when they if if they go back to when was the first time you performed, it's usually at your synagogue. Right. Like that's that's yeah. that's what an urban Jew does. Right, but you've been given this label from yeah, other it's ha- yeah exactly yeah, so. and so um, we still it's you know we have found ways to merge them. Well, what's what's important to you? Like, do you, do you mind that people don't know about your Jewish mm, uh, section of your life? 
we're very, I mean, our last name is Pademski. Yeah. So that always makes people go, like, right. So right. it's, it, you can't go that long without knowing about it. Right. Um, we do as much in the, in the work of, you know, Holocaust education as we do it with, um, you know, going in and bringing my hand from it and speaking about, uh, Anishabe culture. Yeah. So I, I feel yeah, balanced very... in the work that I, or yeah. in the, in, in, in how I represent who I am and my desire to bring that to people who don't know. There's as many people who still need to be taught about the Holocaust and oh, yeah. about, um, and we, we, we were able to go back with my grandfather to wow. Poland and go to the camps that he went to and, You've Those got a lot are, of education to do. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's just like a never-ending journey for you. Being born to both residential school survivors and um, uh, Holocaust survivors, like second generation, but being born into that lineage, you you inherit a lot. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think that did for your artist heart, having that kind of um, history? Well, the responsibility of storytelling, yeah. for sure. It's very hard for. for for me to approach work without under, knowing what I'm responsible, who I'm responsible to, right. what I'm, uh, what I have permission to tell, right. Um, and what do you mean to approach work like like specific characters or like any projects? I'd say any projects, and it doesn't mean I don't do stuff. That's I mean, on Monday I'm putting the buckskin and braids on for another role because I still do that stuff, yeah. but. I might not condone the representation or the need for that. I mean, I think in, I, I, I'm not sure yet what the context of this of this is or how it's going to appear at the final, like how it's going to be represented on screen. And there was a time where I was so against, like, I will not put the buckskin right. on again. Um, I started in buckskin. Yeah. It's 30, like 25 years later, and I'm still wearing buckskin. Well, but I've done a lot of other stuff in between yeah. to change that narrative. And also better you than... That's, like, so that's where I'm at now. And I think that just come, came with maturity of of knowing there's a time to, you know, go up in arms. And then there's... And, and just to have the perspective of what it, what is my responsibility right now. Right. If it is the... Rep- so that is going to be put on the screen... Anyway, right? Can I carry myself and as as, as an Anishinaabe woman on onto set and and in a respectful, professional way, have a conversation with people to make sure that if this story is going to be told, can we at least tell it in the best, yeah, authentic way? Yeah, and it's the balance, yeah. right? Because there probably was a time in your career that that's all there was, yeah, and now it's kind of balancing yeah. out. So you're okay to embrace it yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, the weight of that responsibility, how does that sit for you? Um, there's times where you just... I, I, I wonder if it's any more comfortable to not ever have those questions... Like, not comfortable, easy. Maybe it's just easier. And I, and what do you mean I, and not I to have, have the, a, Like, on set, like, to have people question things, or...? About even the work you do. Like, just, right. to, like, a, a play... Um, how does this represent women? How does this represent? Um, how does this represent your community, your culture? How does this represent faith, God? Like all those, like big yeah. questions. Can you like who do you have to answer to? I don't know. I, I I don't work with a lot of people who aren't carrying the responsibility of a storyteller like with them every day. Right. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I have a fantasy about people who 
couldn't care less. They just want, they just do the job and right. they love the job and it's again, it's, it's, it's fun to play. I've never been able to, I, I don't know that. Yeah. World. That's not in you. But I don't know if then, I don't know if that's it's also my judgment or my uh, my my fantasy that there are people who just get to do that. I don't um, I don't resent the responsibility. I know that part of my my teachings and part of I guess what I've inherited is that um, from from both sides is that um, I am only here because of what my my family and my ancestors have gone through to keep that story alive so it's like even without an artist way just of how i walk in the world period they kind of give me that fire under my ass yeah. that none of this time can be wasted on bullshit that and must be a bit exhausting yes but i'd say that i carry that more yeah. than i carry the artistic gotcha. responsibility yeah i get that because I can't look at my grandfather who's still my, my Sabo who's still alive and um, he's 96 wow um, and yeah. your pop's still around and your papa your dad yes my dad's around. around my mom's around um, I've lost both grandparents on my mom's side um, but I, I I feel like um, yeah I I know he and he was so giving about his experience about what he, what of, of what his life was like um and he doesn't share and he never said them as a way right. to um you know uh make us feel guilty for the freedom that we were born into right but I can't take a thought too far along without uh that um, it's like an elastic band, you know. Like yeah. you, you can like go with an idea, or you can go with a dream, or something like that, and then you're like shot right back to remember your remember you are here to do something important because you are only here because of, and so yeah. yeah, that part. But I think I don't know. Maybe that's Jewish guilt. Maybe that's, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not Jewish, it's but I being, do have, the weight of that responsibility yeah. is sometimes yeah. quite heavy. Like. It, like because it keeps we like me in to check, play, right? We, yeah, we're, we're playful people. We're yeah, the, we're, we make plays. It's in the word. Yeah. So then you want to have that kind of freedom, but then there's also this responsibility. Yeah. It's a really weird dichotomy. Yeah. How do you balance that? I, I think <laughs> that I find my play in other things than my work. Oh, sometimes isn't that funny? Because you like you're singing, you're dancing, you do so much that has play within it. So where else do you find play? Uh, with my son. Yeah. How old is he? Um, he's four. Yeah. Great. Yeah, all he does, he, all he knows all he is does. play. And he reminds me often, like, that, like, to join him in that world. Yeah. What's the thing that you always do together? The play thing that you the always dance. do? Dance the dance. together. The, the way he moves his body blows my mind. I love kids dancing. And I could really watch want... videos of kids dancing. He did this thing time. this morning. I was like, where did that move come from? <laughs> but he reminds me, because I, I think dancing is where I that that's as a dance or in my body is how I most um it's my most natural way to express myself yeah. in the world um it wasn't as successful a career <laughs> for me really I think because it just asked everything of you and I was never able gotcha. to give it that time and commitment 
Um, right. But, but it, you were on Broadway. Like, I wasn't burnt dancing on Broadway. I mean... And, but, and I've done... I've, ha- <laughs> I've, had, I've had my time. I've danced on, you know, Fleck Dance Theater. I've yeah. danced in some studios. I've danced with some companies that I... That were, you know, that I... Those were some of my, my greatest moments on sure. stage. But I know that I could never... I, I didn't have what it... I didn't have the commitment and the sure. devotion that it took. Yeah. Um, because I did... I There were other things that I wanted to do. But he, he... So I see in him just that the most organic and truest, um, best feeling way to be in your body. And uh, so I had my 40th birthday last year and my sister bought me because I needed like serious joy. I needed to balance out yeah. just some of the the heavier things sure. in life. Yeah. And... Uh, and my joy factor will always be dancing. I love so it. So she got me uh, a, a series of dance classes from Metro Movement. That's so fun. And, and then for me, that it will always be that. It'll always be that for me because it is the place of of absolute um, freedom. Yeah, I think they should do regular dance breaks. I think like yeah. two fifteen. Everybody yeah. stops what they're doing. Yeah. They just do one song. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything special. Yeah. Just yeah. something. I think it's so good. So as long as I, yeah, that'll keep me, that, that keeps me balanced, I guess. So you were saying that your, um, like your way of te- like turning heartbreak into uh, something that you can handle is turning to your arts. Yeah. Right. And, and my, and my community. Yeah. My, your my people. people. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you find you go to instinctually? Do you, do you write music instinctually? Do you choreograph? Do you write a play? Like you've got so many, you're so many I hats. I same music is the first thing that will come out as a way to so I'm not a journaler Mm -hmm. but I will write so many of my lyrics come out in in that moment right and you know in the olden days you called into your answer machine right and you left it on your answer machine yeah now we have you know voice memos and stuff like that um but uh that helps me to to immediately articulate what I'm feeling and yeah. uh yeah that that will always be my go-to which is also strange because m- music is probably my most self-reflective and um and therapeutic mm-hmm. f- art form but also professionally I don't have I I've never committed myself enough to music my last album came out I think Ten years. I think it's ten right. years, but it's something that's accessible. And I you. still write, and yeah. I still have. I have my next album ready to go into studio because it's just been accumulation over years. But the, it feels like your pokers are just turning right now. Like one, like right yeah. now, your acting poker is on fire, and you're like, oh, I'm going to play with yeah. that right now. I think the thing is also they all they all serve a different part of me, sure. and so when I need one, it's it's there. Which is also why I've I've never really had to like coming back to that first conversation with with Jamie and being here and there's also a level of frustration as an artist that I I haven't had compared to him he is an actor he's also a painter but he doesn't do painting professionally that's his he's an amazing painter but that's his other world that's kind of protected by not doing yeah, it professionally totally get it. um and he uh but but acting is his job I've never felt the second I feel any discomfort or rejection or um, or just personal failure. Like, yeah, I come up against something ugly yeah. in whatever I'm doing. I think I conveniently 
go to. Oh, I meant to music now. No, I'm just. I'm gonna just go deep, like fall into my album. That's so interesting. So but that's such a protection too. It is a protection. Yeah. But it has also, I think, kept each of them at their. None of them. I don't think. I stunt. I think I have stunted each of their own growth. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I, I kind of walk away whenever it gets too much. I mean, I kind of get it though, right? If you have these other things that are accessible to you, why not? Yeah, and it, and, and it hurts. It just hurts. Like there's no way ever around when you get rejected. No. So when. Um, you know, when the album, when which is my heart and soul, like the, my third album, which was on my my web, um, my own record label, and I'd already got it through like a really kind of ugly lawsuit to take it back from the producer I was working with, and I put it out there, and it was I, it won some great awards. It was a great embraced by the native community, yeah. indigenous music industry for sure. You were, yeah, you're award winning, but yeah, and it, was, and it was, and it was, it uh, was, and I got to tour all over the world with it. I made a music video with Bruce McDonald, and we. I just I got to take the music everywhere yeah and it was like five years of that I did not have an acting gig in that entire time right and that was amazing but then you tour an album for four or five years and then you're kind of done mm-hmm. and where's the next thing right and, and there was just not and then the pressure of what what do you do What's now next? which is what most musicians that's have to face yeah and I was like and, and artists and actors, okay. right? Like if you yeah. come out with that pillar Oscar winning yeah. role, yeah. what's next? Yeah, it's and so- I just and I, I, I just felt like I don't want to answer that question right now. Yeah. And I and I and I hate being put in the position where I have to. So yeah, um, and I'm also gonna, I'm going to the boss of you. Yeah, but I, thought, <laughs> I I I know that it's I, I know that there there might have been some really amazing periods of growth as a dancer or a, a songwriter or an actor um, if I wouldn't have it's literally like a, a pause because if they don't grow on their own if I'm not tending to them yeah and so I revisit five years later I and um, yeah it's Do you regret that um, only when I'm feeling like time's running out and I haven't done the things that I want to do right. and when I'm just really feeling the yeah the 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 expectation of that I haven't lived up to the expectation of myself right and so yeah in bad moments I I feel like I I've run away from those really crucial moments as a artist yeah that you're supposed to work through yeah and what happens and I know just in my life like when I've met in like personal emotional life if I've met the thing that's so uncomfortable the growth that happens from that is it's massive Mm -hmm. and you find love again yeah and you um I don't know, find a new a passion. You find, like, you... Or you understand something that happened 30 years ago and things make, like, so much more sense. So I felt it in my personal life. What if I would have given those moments to my my craft or my uh, my music at a time where you're making me really uncomfortable because I don't have anything more to give to you? Stop asking me. Stop asking me. I don't have any more songs. I'm tired. This is just, you know, like, instead I just, I go off and I, I I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an actor again. Yeah. 
So I have a feeling you might deal with burnout. Uh, I'm getting much better at it. (laughs) I'm getting much better at it. Like, what is your... How do you recognize burnout and how do you recover? Well, now I have a really great burnout meditation (laughs) that is called Burnout. Um, Is it really a meditation? I might need that. So it's it's an app (laughs) called Calm. Okay. So it's a Toronto actress, actually, who was like going through her own thing yeah. and found this app and she hit, I think her name is Tamara I don't know what her last name is but she's the voice of Calm oh okay but it's a UK um, app and she was going through depression I just saw a thing on her like on the news like a, a couple months ago she was using this app it helped her through this difficult time she was a voiceover artist and um, she contacted them just cold call and she says your app has really helped me um, I'm an actor in Toronto. I'd love to contribute to this. And she is now the voice wow. of Calm. Interesting. So after that, I bought I bought it, and um, it's been it's been good. It's it's uh, yeah. I I, I don't uh, so much is you know I I've, yeah. I guess my my overall feeling in life when you say the weight of whatever responsibility I've taken on is the feeling that I don't do enough. Yeah. And that comes from um, many different places. Like but I have decades of ancestors, yes. right? Yeah. And that there's so much more to do. Yeah. So um, just find the strength and resilience within you to get it done because you're here for a very short time. And so that's just a noise. And, a, and I understand the intent, like the intention is good. Mm-hmm. I understand that there is love and and um and like desire for 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 better for a better way everywhere um but it's it it it, it's kind of like an autoimmune (laughs) where like it turns it on itself and this was supposed to empower me enlighten me um you know filling with good things and then it ends up uh kind of doing so yeah i i'm 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 still finding my way with that but i know that i'm it's much clearer to me what my window of tolerance is. Oh. The, the signs. Um, like, what are the signs for you now? Usually when I speak to somebody in a not good tone. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate the tone you just used. Uh, like, if you snap at somebody and you're like, oh, that's a trigger. Yeah. I might need to step out yeah. for a while. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like... Um, because I'm the same as you. Like my answer to everything is just work harder. Yeah. Wake up earlier. Yeah. And then at some point I'm like, I, I, I don't. Uh, my creative tank is empty. Yeah. But then I don't know how that works. To be honest, sometimes I have to um, just get to nature. Sometimes that's a huge one. Like unplugging. Yeah. And uh, and nature. The the real like I, I call it unplugging, but that's that's it's, and it's like the grounding where you just. Be where you are right yeah. now with yourself. Yeah. Um, I know that the meditations have really helped because they've allowed me to be much more compassionate with myself. Yeah. I find that I have a, a quite a militant approach with myself. Um, I've never, and like when I started this meditation practice, and I have this really amazing yoga teacher who's been guiding me in this. Um, 
she was saying, so you're really good at reaching out. Like, here's some of the things that are uh, are reactions, you know, during trauma or during um, grief, and and these are ways that can help you. So, so one of the big things is you need to um, make not isolate yourself. And I was like, I'm good at that. I'm good at that. I got that tool. Another thing is acknowledge the feeling you're feeling. I'm really good at that. I'm very good at articulating how I'm feeling, and even as an alert to my partner yeah. to say this is uh, just heads up. This is feeling right. a lot today, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then the third one is, you know, and she brings her hands to her heart and she's like, you know, to, to have that compassion. Um, and I was like, okay, hold on. For yourself. Now. Yeah. Just hold on a second. Uh, that's a tool that I, I don't even know where I, where to start, where to start. Certainly never used it up until like a couple months ago when I got it, when I met this woman. Yeah. It hasn't been a survival tool for me in my life. Having compassion for yourself. Yeah. So, and how does that look for you to have compassion for yourself? I think it's when I'm beating myself up that I'm not doing more or doing better. Right. Or... Um, feeling better, that's a big one. Like that I don't feel my, the, the optimum energy or health or like, so it's just, it, it was just the beating myself up. And yeah. in those moments, it's like self-talk. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's holding yourself. She's like, it's the way that you would hold a child that is saying, I'm scared in the world right now. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, that doesn't really that's not part of my practice right, but it's a fine line right because then I, I'm very similar to your brain <laughs> like I, I get the compassion of like oh sneakers just take the day off hey. you've had like a rough week just take the day off and then I go okay that's enough yeah okay take two days off yeah. and then I take like three days off I'm like oh am I depressed what's going on yeah. so the compassion wave is yeah. also something I don't know how to monitor yeah when am I being Compassionate when I be, am I being lazy it, and indulgent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had very similar ideas about that. I'm, st- I mean, it's very, very recent that I've. So in things are quite busy right now, and to know, oh yeah, my, I'm just like feeling a little bit tight in my chest, mm-hmm. and I'm a little nervous to make this next call because it's stressing me out a little bit. Okay, and then I turn this freaking app on. I lie down on the floor. I know, and it's just it's just that moments that I that I give myself. It's like taking that extra little while in the shower or when you're putting the lotion yeah. on. Like it's literally Awareness. that. That's just like I love this beautiful body that has brought me this far, that is taking me here, that has carried me this. Like, I mean, it's those two. I don't like my legs. Yeah. I don't like my things. Or like, oh, I got the cows outside, and you're just you're. <laughs> Oh like, like it was this morning. Well, you guys walked <laughs> but, in. I was wolfing down a salad. I don't yeah. remember what kind it was. I know. And so it's not like I can't completely change my life around. There is something in no. my nature. that Yeah, and we have to embrace that too. Yeah. Like we're I just don't want to give myself such a hard time because my nature sometimes pushes me too much. So how can I at least support myself in... In, in what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And if I give myself even just that five minutes to feel it, mm-hmm. um, what I've found so far is it's making things better. Right. Right. It's, I think it's, it's just the tricky part of knowing when, as you said, it's self-indulgent. Yeah. So how do you know? It's never That's the funny thing is that, <laughs> yeah, and then the end of the meditation app today was like, uh, was, was something about that. 
there's never, you will never feel if you give yourself a time to meditate and your worry is I'm going to, it's, this is so self-indulgent. Yeah. Uh, the, the the little quote said, I promise you, at the end of any meditation, you will never feel that, that I've just wasted that five minutes. Five minutes. And I, and mean, I, I and How I, many I minutes are there in a day? So no one knows. But like five minutes is five not minutes. a lot. Yeah, I think that that's true. Like I know at the end of any meditation, I'm more empowered yeah. as opposed to like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, I, and, and it's about... And also, I guess, knowing that I am working at the best of my ability yeah. and my capacity. Yeah, we're doing the best we can. Today. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I, I, I just need to, and, and I guess it's also like dwelling in that, in, in that good stuff as much as you dwell in the right. difficult stuff. Yeah. And how do you, like, I mean, our business is not easy too. So in the ebbs and flows of our business, how do you not dwell in the challenging times? Um, oh no, I still, (laughs) (laughs) let me make it clear. No, I just like to balance. I I feel like if I'm going to give this hurt, this pain, this loss, this failure, whatever the thing is that I'm dealing with, if, if it's asking for a day to be in that, mm-hmm. then I at least allow it. allow yeah. that and a day to dwell. And when the good stuff happens, I get to just yes. be in it and share it. That's the other part of like sharing the good stuff yeah. rather than just sharing the, the bad, bad stuff. stuff. Yeah. Because I, I have a friend who mentioned to us, like, remember when we first started acting and you'd book something, you'd be like, Oh my God. I'm... And now if you book something, you're like, check. Yeah. You don't really celebrate it yeah. anymore. You just go, oh, phew. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's something I don't have to worry about. Yeah. And we don't really share, no. share those victories yeah. anymore. Exactly. But boy, do I share my wallowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I think yeah. that's just also a social practice. And then people get very insecure about overset. Like, there's not really great permission in, in our family. Then you don't know how much. No, I mean in your. I, I mean I, in your families, in your communities, in your yeah. workspace. Like people, people don't really know what is. How much can I celebrate myself without being, um, well, just annoying, braggy, and, yeah. <laughs> braggy. But we all know those people that could step back. Yes, <laughs> true. But if yeah. if if you know that you could. That that's an area that you could maybe dwell in a little bit more, right? Um, and even yeah, if and it, we know those people too yeah. that like anytime they post anything like I did this, I'm always like, good for you, yeah, yeah. because they don't do it often yeah, and yeah. they don't do it. But then there's the flip side of the people. Yeah. That I'm like, I might have to unfriend that person. Yeah. It's too much. I'm yeah. now the voice of of um, not that I'm cancel I cancel plans, but like. I I'm getting so much better and I feel like it is it has been the greatest lesson this these past couple of years of knowing when I'm at my my limit. Yeah. That that kind of window of tolerance and um so it's muscles. We're just exercising it those is. muscles. And I'm now the friend that encourages the canceling, encourages the yeah. No, you do not need to go to that. You no. stay in bed. What's on? The Good Wife? Or no, yeah. it's not even The Good Wife. Yeah. The Good Fight? What's no, it's The Good Bob's Fight. Burgers? I'm in. <laughs> it doesn't like, matter. Yeah. The Good Fight? The Good Fight with your wife? Yeah. Watch it. it yeah. And so I, yeah, the I'm, I'm 
I guess the self-care has now just become this uh, a, a major priority. Yeah. Like it has never been in It was never like before. this before. No. And do you feel like that... Um, and I don't know how much you want to talk about the the, the loss of your baby. Is that the turning point yeah. for? Because yeah. I mean, is there a way that I can't imagine what you've gone through? But is there a way of seeing that as like the the gift? It was absolutely the gift. Yeah. yeah, it was the 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 gift and the teaching of uh, what I'm what I'm actually able to handle mm-hmm. and and carry. And I think. You know, so people who have gone through trauma or gone through this is a very particular kind of grief because there's, um, it's it's the one that takes you by surprise, and there's yeah. certain things that we can prepare ourselves for when we're going to lose somebody, and yeah. then there's the ones that just come out of left field, and it's so un un unsettling yeah. that uh, your entire world is unsafe and so you're actually operating from uh, like you're in you don't know fight what. or flight place yeah. like in your brain and in your nervous system for about I, I'd say like a year before I felt ready to engage with the world again and that's not anything like emotionally I could have done in therapy. It wasn't emotional. This is like neurological, the, the drugs that your brain is spitting out when you are under attack yeah. and, and running for your life. And that's what it felt like that I wasn't even at the mercy of, um, if you, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm a regular prayer, but there's there's prayer that got me through it. There is the support groups that got me through it. There was reading. There was writing. There was, uh, but then there were other things that I cannot change. If my brain is squirting out cortisol at a level that is like not normal, mm-hmm. I can't change it. My husband had to say like. I'm coming in the room because my startle reflex was so crazy that, like, I was just always uh, yeah. on, on guard. And so he would be, like, in another room to alert me because I would literally, like, smack myself in the head or jump so so startled. So yeah. when I understood, and we learned so much about grief, we learned so much about um, about the, the, the physiology, the, the neurology, like, all those systems that are at play during that experience that all of a sudden I let myself off the hook of actually you can't be doing any better than you are yeah and every instinct that is that I'm operating from is a protective instinct and you're gonna feel safe in the world again Mm -hmm. like I, I I had to believe that that would happen yeah and it's just starting to happen but um, was there something that triggered that it would be okay? Because uh, I feel like darkness is really hard, and then sometimes there's a little spark that makes you go, oh, there's going to be more sparks. Well, a huge turning point for me was um, we were with this Medewin, like a, a, a Medewin teacher, which is the, um, the medicine society in the Anishinaabe culture. And... Um, He's uh, his name is John Rice, and he was he had held a sweat before Jamie went back to the inquest, the first round, the first inquest in England. Um, he'd held a sweat for us, and he was helping us understand. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a it's a very uh, how how life is uh, how you're being uh, how you're receiving mm-hmm. life. 
like the experience of you know when we lost Benjamin. And he, he gave us this teaching called Mikans, which is the way, the path of like a spirit's journey through birth, like when they choose to come into our world yeah. and th- uh, through human experience until they leave and return to the spirit world. And um, it was a teaching that uh, like completely turned, changed my perspective that this wasn't Benjamin happening to us we happened to Benjamin and it was like a world opened up for me that made me see just like the guilt or the, the blame or the, the victimhood of how so many people who are responsible for this, this happening. Um, it just, everything was about this, baby who chose us who knew that we could go through this journey with him who knew that we could make it out and as long as I kept thinking of it as us happening to Benjamin I felt like so proud as a mother that he chose me and I felt not that I needed more responsibility. But, Here, it's used, uh, okay. but you can have it. Um, I felt like, oh my gosh, I I now my role is to parent you in the in. <laughs> and I put makeup on too. No, you and I both. Thank you. Okay, go on. Um, I yeah. When I just saw it in that other way, I felt like. It's not... It just wasn't the story you thought it was going to be. It's like an honor. Yes. And then that was the turning point. That happened very early on. And it didn't mean that I'm healed. (laughs) Like, I'm better. It just relieved. Yes. And it, 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 like, cracked open my heart a little bit. So it wasn't just horrible, painful, um, lost... Um, and feeling Anger, like it was like, stolen, like yeah. it was taken from me. And that started to be replaced with, and it's replaced all the time with more of that feeling of how it is to walk in the world as his mother and how I, how I honor that. Yeah. Do you have yeah. anything that you and Jamie are doing to like keep him present? Uh, well, we talk about him all the time. Yeah. Oliver talks about him all the time. Yeah. So um, we pray a lot. We're big smudgers in, in our house. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, his uh, Benjamin's uh, second other name is Benesi, which is Thunderbird in Ojibwe. Oh, and um, and so we taught Oliver early on that the, the Thunderbirds are when the, when you hear the thunder when the when the thunder's coming, and that's how the spirit world speaks to us. Yeah. And so every time he hears thunder, he says it's Baby Ben. And oh. So he knows that he is around him all the time. We speak to him every night when we say our prayers at night, and yeah. and um, he knows that he is around us always. He knows that there is a spirit world that lives around us. I walk with that all the time, um, but yeah, there's there's things we have we have so many, and there's weird things like the blackbird is a big image for him because the morning that we left the hospital and we came out, and this happened in Bristol. Um, there were blackbirds <clears throat> like covering our car all over the streets on our we had an hour ride home to to Froome and it was just f- 
foggy and wet and just blackbirds Ooh. all and we heard, and they were singing at the window so he passed it about one o'clock in the morning and lying between us and um, and you could hear the blackbird singing outside the window. Wow. So the blackbird has always been this, yeah, it's always how he visits us. Yeah. Um, but like yesterday, in not a great moment, I was not feeling particularly like uh, spunky. <laughs> or like, not, sure. not spunky, I wasn't feeling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't in the best mood. And Bobby McFerrin's version, which is the most, it's not like the Beatles one which could oh bring you to tears it's not I even the Sarah that. McLaughlin one it is Bobby McFerrin doing the weirdest stuff <laughs> and you can't do anything but just laugh you really in this moment because I could have probably used a cry right, right now but no you're making your arms supposed to laugh because but I do believe that that's like your little always, guy yes, sending like always. I know you think you need to cry yeah, but you actually yeah, need yeah, to laugh exactly yeah. just loosen up yeah. It's such a wow! That what a journey. And I think that we've you know we've been so open with our friends and our family, and so he has now has a has a, a, a presence and yeah. a, and a place in all of their lives. So every time they hear Blackbird on yeah. his anniversary, everybody plays like across from all the different continents where we all are. We have these ways of remembering uh, or or uh, just acknowledging him because he's with us all the time. But, um, I believe in that so much. Yeah. My mom has dementia, but one of the things, her one of the last images I have before uh, she got sick was um, she'd go to the cottage and a, a dragonfly landed on her nose, and it was just this beautiful image. And she was just like she always had like a magic to her. Yeah. And the other day at the cottage, there was a swarm of dragonflies yeah. that I've never seen. I'm like, hello, you're part of whatever this happening is. It's really beautiful. So, um, dragonflies are always, I've always interpreted a gathering of of dragonflies as a bunch of spirits who have just come into a space. Yeah. Yeah. It's magic. beautiful. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I know. And it's just such an interesting um, passage of energy too, right? To see what, like, obviously you and your husband are like pulling together over it too. And it's such a... A journey yeah. to go on together. I mean, I guess in the same way that I look at my my childhood, and I was like, yeah, the story it could have turned out in a really bad way. Yeah, um, and this could have turned out in a really bad way. And we yeah. saw some really scary times together. Um, but uh, I think in the same way, and these are maybe tools that I learned as a child that I that kicked into gear again. Do not isolate yourself. And that, and we reached out, and we had a, a support group that uh, that was our lifeline, yeah. and it was the in Barry, it was the Pale Network, which is the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Network. Right. And yeah, they were our they were our, our rock through that first and horrific year. It's so interesting year. too, looking at your career and how it's like booming right now. Like it's weird. It's very weird, and I think that's what makes this time extra challenging for for Jane because everything is still. It's still so recent that everything is is still seen through the lens of we're only in this situation. Like, how did we even end up here? Yeah. Because of what happened, that I needed. I, uh, we needed to come to a place where we had uh, a fam, like a big network of people to hold us and support us through this time, yeah. and. And I had we had we were already leaving England. We were on our way to Los Angeles, and uh, and we just couldn't end up in L.A. and like no. within that. And Trump had literally just gotten in. No, uh, it was just a scary right. time, and 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 so we felt like this is the best place to be. So 
ready, set, go, let's make a life. And so we're still in that, yeah. let's make life, what does it look like? And so I, I appreciate how, how challenging it is for for him, like on a regular day, and then on. to be like, honey, want to come to my premiere on Friday and we're going to get dressed up and we're going to get pictures. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's all, it's... It, it it forces you to rub up against the things that are you know if if I if I didn't have to think about it today I'd rather not but like wow you coming home every day with yeah. another great thing that yeah. happened is making yeah. this a little worse you're like what's the lesson here another yeah. lesson yeah yeah because uh, now where does fall um, never saw it coming. Uh, fall into this journey of yours. It was the first job back. Right. Yeah. So, which is quite extraordinary because working with somebody like Gail Harvey. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was only, it was, uh, it, there was like a very maternal, she is just yeah. this like mother hen. It's ridiculous. It was a very, because my biggest concern was I need to feel protected and safe. And yeah. she, she offered that. Um, it was also, I it didn't have to be away from home that much. I could only handle a couple days away at yep. a time. And we shot up in Sudbury and I was in Barrie. So I was just like, and I'll drive myself. I'll drive myself so that I could leave whenever I, like whenever I wanted, I wouldn't have to stay over another night. If they transport could only go the next day. It was a, it was like a, a comfortable, manageable re-entry. Yeah. Um, and I knew, I knew Katie Bull and I knew, yeah. um, and, and, well, I, I hadn't worked with them before, but like I, I knew that there were enough people in it felt safe enough and the producer um uh, it was just a group of people that I, I i felt i felt safe enough yeah and it probably made sense to you too like to, to as you say turn you know heartbreak into art yeah right? it, to find that yeah. path this was pro this was actually very different from anything that i've ever done i don't really do genre things yeah and i uh uh I, I don't I don't usually even do really commercial things. I specialize in films that nobody sees. In film <laughs> Careful what you wish with, for. Yeah, in like in in very like art house uh film festival stuff. So this is much more uh commercial mainstream. and mainstream than so But you there was so at home it, there, just so you know, like you it was yeah. strength and it's so um It was uh it was for me <laughs> Not that things are, you know, always these exercises or lessons, but I felt like that was a safe place. If I was ever going to try it out, crazy amount of dialogue. Yeah. Like there was. Oh my God. A, and she does, she goes through days, like the amount of pages that we get done in one day. It's like, uh, I've never, I've never, like I've never worked that. I know. <laughs> so I thought, not only that, part of a grief brain is like you remember you can't remember things yeah so I was my biggest insecurity was like so this is going to be a test right now so we're going to now work a part of your brain which has actually just been like gray and like not even not even just like in a dormant state and I think when I came back I, I told my agent I did 17 pages today can you put that on my resume <laughs> Because that was one of the greatest achievements. Oh, I think yeah. whether I was in grief brain or not, that I have never done 17 pages no. in one day. It was a crazy day. But what I loved was it was um, it was just a, it was such a tight, uh, well-oiled machine. And yeah. she... I don't think she has like a moment if she's stressed about something you wouldn't know she she's so joyful she is 
and she is like just you feel, in her you, element. yeah and you just feel so yeah. um so so held and yeah. um yeah so i i i'm it was the best film and story even though yes it did deal with some like murder and gory stuff yeah but i was i was quite detached i was able to be quite detached from that and i think as a cop that actually served yeah, right. served it because it was unemotional you know just pr- do the job do the job have your instincts have your like be on it have your spidey senses but um Keep it don't play- exactly yeah. and so i think it actually Helped me I think to. It's, a, it's to, another to gift, help. yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I mean, all these things are coming your way now. And is there anything that you 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 want? Uh, like, if there was an envelope that I gave to you that said, "Like, this is your dream," what would be inside? I think I would. I I, I would like to. That's a tough one. I feel like I, I have it right now. Yeah. I feel like um, just to just to feel like all all the parts of me are starting to um, like wake up again. That's kind of the best that I could have um, hoped for because I wasn't sure, and that's the scariest part of all of this: is that you wonder if you're ever going to feel. The light yeah. or the love or again and and you know it's such a stupid word like to get your mojo back but it's that that juice you know the juice for life yeah. and I didn't know um, I didn't know to what extent I hope it grows more I hope I I you know as much as you know as the depths grow the heights grow and I just as long as that stays balanced I know that life is hard and people you know deal with such crazy stuff but I just wish that the depths are balanced with the heights and um and yeah and I and I guess that's my my greater wish would be for that my my family and and my my dear sweet husband who's trying to find his way here um if he could just get if 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 he could feel that juice and mm. trust that it is all all the parts will come alive again yeah yeah it's hard to uh, remind yourself of that when you're in it yeah yeah it's also hard when you're looking after not only yourself but your emotional self your career self yeah. and then your partners yeah. as well it's tricky yeah so do you have any secrets do you have any secrets for pulling yourself up other than the meditation app which seems like the dance was a big one the <laughs> yeah. meditation um yeah I I the, the other big one was the whatever I'm feeling or going through it's right now and it's the temporariness of it all yeah. and that keeps me from freaking out because right. if something feels really intense it's not about taking away or like you're overreacting. Your feeling is a little too intense. I can't ever turn down how I feel about things. I am a deep feeling chick. Like that just is. That's yeah. That's how. What can we do? Yeah, but that's what the good quality about and, it is as well. Yes, like, and but that's not ever. And I, I always sometimes I thought, oh, you need to turn it down a notch if you're gonna like have a better, easier, more comfortable ride in life. But it's not that. I just feel things on that level, right? And I don't want to stop that. So instead, when things get really intense and you have to feel it that intensely, 
um, just knowing that that's what it feels like right now. And it's not going to feel like that tomorrow. Maybe yeah. if it does feel like that tomorrow, it's just, it, it is all, everything is in its phases. I've never seen phases of life as clearly as I see them now yeah. in befores and afters. And, and those, those somehow, those have really become quite clear for me. And in a good way, because I, I, it just proves that things change and things move. Right. And as long as you're up for that, um, and what that, what that, what that trust is, mm-hmm. um, trusting that this will move and it will feel different. Yeah. We but, always believe like the worst times are going to last forever. I know. Right. And the good times are going to be gone. Yeah. Bit, but, like, but it's because the, 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 the hard times are, um, they're, they, they envelop, they drown. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you're engulfed mm-hmm. by it. And I think you should be. And I think we're supposed, like, that's the other greatest lesson. Like, you let it engulf you. Yeah. And for that for that moment. Yeah. Or for that day or for that series of days. Or months. Or whatever you need. <laughs> just to recover. But the, the, yeah, but it does change. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess just that allowance of, that's what it feels like today. And it's a shitty day. Or it's a, it's a tough one. Or whatever that is. But... I I now I, I now trust so much more, and know that it doesn't it it passes yeah it all passes. Uh, my last question is um, advice to your younger self. So if you could go back and give yourself some advice from I wish I would have learned the, the whole self care thing right. But don't you think this is what I was thinking while you're talking? Don't you think um, Oliver's kind of learning it right now with his dancing? Oh, and he, but he's just learning. Yeah, and we take time to feel everything. But I think that's also what you learn as a, as a, or the gift you get as a parent because you get to see how hard it is for them to process their feelings. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, what if I handled myself like that when I was really upset? Yeah, that would feel a lot better. Like the way that I am with him. And so yes, he's learning. But if I was, to, but to my younger self, I, I, I think there's probably some sicknesses that I wouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably some relationships that would have gone better. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's some work experiences that would have gone better if I would have realized that the work ethic, the drive, the passion was also balanced out with that compassion, that love, and that um, physical, uh, and that respect for my body and what it's capable of. Yeah, I love that. I think you're fantastic. I think you're fantastic. I'm so happy to be here and have this talk with you. (laughs) I just think you're so full of joy and wisdom, and it's just such a pleasure to be in your company. Well, I thank you for providing the space to do that. Oh, my God. And that's Tamara Pademski. Don't you just love her? She really is fantastic. And I really encourage you to go to not only her website, tamarapademski.com, but uh, follow her in the Twitter world and see what she's working on and support your artists that you're hearing on this podcast because it really does make a difference. Thank you so much to all of you who have tuned in. Uh, Special shout outs to my firecracker department team that are just kicking it. They're really kicking it. If you haven't already, go to our website, subscribe to our newsletter, subscribe on iTunes, and become part of the the community. It really will be better because you're there. We have a newsletter that comes out the last week of every month, and uh, it's just chock-a-block full of great things that everybody's working on. And you're going to want to be 
at the forefront of how this ride is going. Like when you go on a roller coaster, you want to st sit at the front because that's the best. Is it? Or is it the scariest? <laughs> it's the best. It's exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to go on and do all the subscribing and reviewing on iTunes at FirecrackerDEPT on Instagram and Twitter. And if you just have anything you want to share, some thoughts or something that you'd like to see or hear on Firecracker Department, shoot me an email. FirecrackerDepartment at gmail.com. So go on out there, be bold, be creative, and share with the Firecracker Department community what you're working on. I know it's going to reverberate and inspire somebody else. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. I'm Naomi Sneakus. Bye now. <laughs>